When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bigfoot Collectors Club presents Terrifying Tales from Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt! <laughs> I know a ghost story about you! Welcome to Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt, the spooky version of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the podcast where we talk to ghastly guests about their personal paranormal history and share terrifying tales of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McHellion. With me always is... Frights Johnson! And our supernatural pro Riley Brains. <laughs> I really question myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's a pro Is that gooer? supposed to be? That's like know. a gooey producer. You're like a gooey. Ectoplasmic. I like it. Yeah. You know, with it. Or you yeah, could it have works. a side career in the valley. Either way, it works. <laughs> oh, a pro gooer. Yeah. Well, October has arrived, and all month long we'll be sharing extra creepy stories of high strangeness here on the regular feed and over on our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. And it's all leading to something very exciting at the end of the month. We have a clubhouse live stream coming your way on Friday, October 27th at 6 p.m. Pacific time tickets will be at popsylounge.com you know how this goes you get to join us in the virtual clubhouse for a couple hours as we do the show live for you with special guests and you'll be able to have individual meet and greet sessions with me or riley or bryce after the show so check out popsylounge.com for that we're excited it's been two years since we've done a halloween show so um i'm looking forward to it yeah, it's always the best time of the year. I love La- it. Last time we had somebody fall over in their chair and knock over their uh, virtual backdrop, and it was fantastic. <laughs> Truly one of the greatest moments Yeah, yeah. of this show, really. Good times. Um, all right, before we bring in our ghastly guests, let's check in with the Club Scouts who have been following the show on their favorite podcast app and dropping us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Riley, who is our five-star Club Scout of the week? It's Autumn33NS, and the review is titled, My ADHD Loves This Show. (laughs) And they go on. I'm new to the podcast world as of this year. I am an undivided attention type of person, or I literally catch nothing. However, not with this show. The content is interesting, believe it or not. And the guys (laughs) keep it upbeat and fresh every time. Love you guys, love the show, and we love Bigfoot. Oh, nice. Thank well, you. Well, that's probably because we're serving it up ADHD style, so it's easier to consume <laughs> yeah, yeah, with ADHD. We're on the same so rhythm. We're on yeah. the same wavelength We've there. designed it with you in mind. All right. Why don't we bring in this week's ghastly guest? This person is no stranger to the paranormal. If you've been following the show for a long time, they've been in the clubhouse before. From Den of Geek and Paranormal Caught on Camera, please welcome back 
Aaron Sager. I need to ask, what's my Halloween name? Do I get to come up with it myself or? Oh, uh, if you can. Uh, I, yeah. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> Riley, as if I'm some sort of rookie. Uh, we're going to go with Scarin Slagers. I love Ooh, it. Oh, yes. nice. Perfect. Good. Well done. Perfect. Well, well done. done. And you've got your uh, Mothman hat on tonight. You've got your zombie shirt ready to go. I feel like you're feeling the spooky uh, spirit of the season. Oh, a little Frankenstein cup. That's Franken fun. Cup. With googly eyes. With googly you, eyes. That looks yeah. handcrafted. Yeah, that's custom, that? huh? <laughs> I would like to say that I handcrafted a Frankenstein cup, uh, solo cup with googly eyes, but no, I purchased it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think you spent too much money. <laughs> could spend a lot, now I'm relieved to know you didn't make it. They could have spent a little bit more time on that cup, I think. But it's fun. These are it's damn great. fine googly eyes, sir. That's yeah, true. Like That's it. true. Fair enough. Fair I'm enough. Okay. Sorry. I'm a bad guy now. Uh, Aaron, how are you, man? It's been uh, a minute. It's been almost exactly 100 episodes since you were last on the show. I checked. I think you were back in the 160s. Here we are in the 260s uh that's crazy what is the latest update in the corner of your paranormal world it sounds like you've been up to some fun and potentially scary and potentially dangerous stuff well yeah and first off i'm happy to be back here i love you guys i just love keeping track of of the show and each of you guys individually and so yeah i guess let's see last time we were talking i was doing paranormal caught on camera um since then, I love I, that show. Thank you. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. so our buddy Classic. Ronnie is on there. Yeah. We're yeah. in our sixth season, is still airing on there. And awesome. oh man, I hope it has like funniest home videos legs, you know, for the paranormal. Just it needs to be that main, it's that mainstay paranormal show that just you can't get enough of, you know. Yes, yeah. why, why haven't they called you in to, to comment on these? These you love this show. This is I, like I, hey, listen, I'm enjoy being a fan. I don't need to All step right. on any toes yet. So <laughs> I will I will say for that show, and I've been involved with a lot of paranormal shows throughout the years. I love this show because first off, we travel all around the world through the submissions of the audience and we get to comment on like folklore and stuff from all over the world that kind of breaks beyond the the standard ghost, Bigfoot, alien kind yeah, of thing. We get exactly. into weird stuff from Russia and Florida, and those are both real, really weird places. But truly, but I'm I'm also a fan of the show. And when I travel, I travel with my dog sometimes, and I'll put the dog in the hotel room, and they run that show all the time. So I feel like if I have to step out and go get food or get a drink, or I'm going to be gone for a while, and I put it on Travel Channel, it's a good chance that sooner or later my voice is going to come through on that show. And so the dog, my dog, Indiana, is going to, you know, I'm going to be saying something like, well, the thing about Mothman in West Virginia, right, but she's going right. to hear indie good girl, you know? And <laughs> that's, such, that's such a humble brag. I'll just leave the TV that on, is... and I should be on there essentially at some point. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Truly uh, cool. But, <laughs> let's see. I, and I also... Um, I've been. I did this show called Twenty Eight Days Haunted on Netflix, which broke pretty big for us, and we were pretty excited about that. And us, uh, and I also, I think, since I was last on with you guys, kind of rebranded the podcast I did, and I relaunched it as Talking Strange. So it's this paranormal pop culture show where we have yeah. uh, big time guys like you on it, or we're gonna have you back on it. Uh, Rain Wilson, 
David cool. Dasmalshian, uh, a lot of actors, but also Another Kansas City guys. Yeah, yeah, he's great. His his Count Crowley comic book is great as well. Uh, but yeah, so so that's kind of what I've been up to, and then I just got back from a multiple day, like ten days, two weeks in Utah, and then Nevada, looking for spooky mm-hmm. stuff. I love that. And uh, where exactly in Utah were you, Aaron? You're talking ghost towns or? Well, no, not a good, actually kind of a charming little town called Vernal. But I've been to Vernal. Vernal. Yeah, Yeah, I went there as a kid on a road trip. I had (laughs) never heard of it. I don't know why. It's like three hours outside of Salt Lake City. And I went there and it's close to Blind Frog Ranch and Skinwalker Ranch. And Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, this is Vernal, Utah. You did the uh, Phenomenacon. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. The Phenomenacon. Yeah, it was um, the the coolest part about it. I mean, you guys are all L.A. guys like I'm in New York City. And at one point I was out in this this park in the middle of nowhere and the the sky is just littered with stars and and i mean you're seeing likely satellites but a lot of just weird shit moving around in the skies and just the enormity of it all when you're not used to seeing that many stars it was breathtaking humbling and a little bit weird yeah that's a rare Vernal. treat. It's for especially Angelinos is, you know, uh, for those of us, you know, who for those who don't know, we we, we we get to see sort of like 10, maybe 5% of what the night sky holds just because of all the light pollution. And, and uh, there's, isn't there like a, you know, I, we, we went to, took my family last year to Santa Fe and then there's a whole city. They have like a rating system of how dark it gets. I forget the name of the type of. Uh, you know, stargazing type scale, but Santa Fe was at the very best. And yeah, Utah's a place like that. Uh, it's something else when you actually get to see like the Milky Way rift and the band and you're actually like, holy shit. And you really get to see the vastness of just the cosmos and how many stars. Is it the Bortle scale? The Are you sky. thinking about the Bortle scale, Bryce? You is that me. what it is, Michael? I the think. Bortle scale? Okay, yeah. cool. As yeah. a way of measuring yeah, the quality. have brightness of the night sky for a particular mm. location That's there are it, nine then, yeah. levels to the Bortle scale with class nine being the most extreme amount of light pollution i mean we got to be close to a nine here in la for sure <laughs> what's what's new york city at i mean i uh, obviously we have a lot of light pollution but and then what was kind of cool is during well i mean <laughs> global suffering aside during the pandemic lockdown obviously we were able to see a lot more stars in the sky because there was a lot less traffic but you could even recently in brooklyn where i'm based you could see the starlink moving through the sky and that was pretty wild but most of the time it's just too polluted mm-hmm. uh nyc is a nine on the Bortle scale yeah definitely yeah. It may, maybe not the best thing for us to be well you were, you were in a, bar- a very low <laughs> terrible light zone. pollution uh did you ever did you ever uh feel the inkling to go out and and uh and and get a pass on to the old legendary Skinwalker Ranch. That place has become so legendary since we've started. Do this we call podcast. it? Wait it's a minute, really time out. I thought we were calling it. I thought we weren't calling it by that name anymore because we don't want dogmen coming around our homes. Well, I, I, oh, should we call it the Sherman Ranch? Maybe the Sherman Ranch is a better. I think way to you call can it? still call it there as long as you don't. There's. I don't think there's I any. We could, I thought tales. we decided this on the show a while back that we weren't going to call it by that name anymore because it's too scary. Oh, You're worried about invoking oh. Dogman? <laughs> right, right, right. I'm going to stick. I, I like Skinwalker. It sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's like a pejorative 
were pejorative right. well, phrase, yeah, then, you know, yeah, like we don't obviously. say it. The, uh, right. I, I, I was, so it's, you know, because of the popularity of the show, that place is so locked down, but yeah. with my travels, and I think you guys can, can relate to this, you know, when we're fortunate to travel and get around a lot, I mean, I, I just like talking to people about, I don't always open with like, Hey, tell me something weird, but you mm-hmm. kind of let it kind of uh, percolate for a little bit and people tell you weird stories. So without bringing it up, people were telling me stories about strange happenings out there. I was able to talk to some indigenous peoples. And then even when I moved out to the Nevada side or Nevada, sorry, Nevada side of the the trip, I was getting (laughs) Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. They get angry when you say Nevada seems very posh. Um, But people were, (laughs) were coming at me with like some stories about, cryptid skinwalkers uh and a lot of interesting stuff out there so that's the best part about this job is like part of the job is just to sit and have a drink and wait until people tell you a story and you're like right i'm doing my work here (laughs) what are some of the tales you heard in nevada that uh you were you remember like what were the ones that jumped out of you so one of the ones that immediately i'm i'm thinking of is i went to this Stewart Indian School, and it's a tragic story because a lot of these Native American kids were taken away, stripped from their families, uh, forced into these schools where it was essentially cultural genocide, and Mm. the school's mission was to kill the Indian in them and Mm. force them to conform. So very tragic story. But there's on a whole the other uh, side of the plot line on 1923 about that, which is yeah. very uh, terrifying and f- infuriating. It, I yeah, it, it's funny because I had just started watching that before, just by happenstance. Uh, I think there was a couple episodes on the plane. I started watching that that part of the Yellowstone saga, and then went to the Stewart School. So, but there's a light on the the other end of the tunnel where people start reclaiming their heritage and push back. And now it's, it's largely used as a museum on the way out. Uh, I go through the gift shop and I, uh, as you do exit through the gift shop and I'm talking right. to this woman, her name is Dale. I forget her last name, but she was making, doing some handcrafted uh, artwork uh, using beads. She had written a book about her time in Stewart, I believe. And as we're chatting, she tells me, oh, yeah, there's stories of Bigfoot around here. Not because I said, hey, I do this weird job and and tell me about Bigfoot. I think I picked up like a piece of jewelry that had like Bigfoot on it. And mm. she was like, oh, yeah, there's Bigfoot around. And then she proceeds to tell me about like some of the native peoples that had seen Sasquatch in the area. Of course, they're not really openly talking about a lot of it because a bunch of white dudes like me come through and they say, hey, let me tell your story. And then we appropriate it instead of appreciate it. So I right. understand the reluctance, but it was still pretty wild just out of nowhere for her to tell me that. Um, aside from that, like I was in Virginia City, Tahoe, Carson City, Reno, um, covered a lot of yeah. ground. And there's a lot of, of crazy crap all through those spots. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron you make it look so uh, fun and exciting. What's it like being a professional uh paranormal guy you i mean like this is what you do you know um tell us a little bit about the the life of uh someone who lives in the world of the paranormal well i think it's probably not that dissimilar to you guys because you know 
on Michael and Bryce, you you did the you do the acting stuff and then you do the spooky stuff. Whereas I've also done like the hosting stuff for like Sci-Fi Network and then doing Comic Cons as a host and whatnot. And then there's the spooky stuff. So it's like mm. just traveling and covering a lot of ground. Um, I I think like really, what's it like? It's I mean, it's exciting because sure, the travel can get tiring at times, but there's a story everywhere. Everywhere you go, yeah. there's some very hyper local legend or lore that is unique to that spot that you get to uncover. And my background as a journalist and then doing all this other stuff, it's just like I'm just insatiably curious. I'm, I, uh, you know, like I, I almost feel like. If I were to fancy myself as a Darren McGavin modern night stalker, <laughs> I, you know, maybe <laughs> less seersucker suits and more tiki shirts, uh, I, I would accept <laughs> sure. that that mission. Is that is it is it the story that that drives you? Is that is that really what it is? Is the collecting and and telling these stories? Yeah, I think so. Because you know, certainly, even though I never bill myself as a paranormal investigator, I investigate as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. But. I, I like to document more than anything else because the experiences I have and they're like are super weird experiences like in in Virginia City there's this place there where something freaking weird that I saw I can't explain and it's interesting to me but I'm not trying to convince the world about it was mm-hmm. this your most recent trip it was I went back there on this recent trip um but I had seen something previously there that i'm still on the hunt for um mm. and where did you see it i was i was just there i love Virginia. Oh, I, love Virginia. I was gonna yeah. say i love virginia yeah, I, I, city and for, yeah bryce knows it well too yeah it's we, this little for those who town, don't know of course i was born in reno but there's this little city uh about i think it's maybe like 20 miles outside of reno yeah and it's mountain. this old cowboy town it's called virginia city they still have the old boardwalks there where the cowboys walked on the planks and have shootouts in the street there's like a bucket of blood saloon yeah. and yeah and there's all it's this mining cemetery. town too like all this silver was mined uh uh, in aid of the Civil War, uh, so it's like got all this this luxurious past. Yes. Yeah, so can you tell us more? Yeah. Yeah. Something like a trillion dollars of silver was mined in just a couple yeah. years of time there, and you could still go That's into. True. There's a couple mining tours, but one of the ones you can go into is actually very rugged. It's like, oh, this oh my is God. literally this very old mine. That hey, this could collapse on us anytime. One of, but hey, one of my biggest nightmares as a kid was like you know, uh, like getting too far into a mine and having my lantern burn out and then get lost on the way oh, on the trying to find the way out. And my dad would always play that old record, Big John, Big Bad John, <laughs> about that miner that had to save all those other miners. So, are you gonna have to pay uh, for yeah. that audio now? <laughs> uh, no. it's like, I think it's fair use. It's a, yeah, it's, <laughs> I it's so like. Well, it's it's a crazy place, Virginia City. Like, and even driving there from the Tahoe side, you're going through these mountains. That look, I'm I can I can rag on Florida because I'm originally a Florida boy. Flatlands, you know. <laughs> but driving mm-hmm. up those mountains, I'm like, this gets a little intense. It's like the the road uh, in The Shining, you know, going up to the Overlook Hotel to me. Yeah, but um, I'm reluctant to say the building. I will tell okay. you guys off because I'm still like picking back the layers on this one but Great. a couple times ago when i was there i was in this building and it's not one of the famous places i can tell you it's not the washoe club it's not the territorial enterprise it's not the silver queen 
spent time in all those places, stayed at the Silver Queen this last time, spent time in the Washoe Club again this time. All great places. Spookiness all around. But yeah. I was in this one building, not reputed to be overly haunted. I was, um, long story short, sitting next to someone about arms like the way that I've known for a long time that I, I trust and I know. And there was a lot of weird shadow play, shadow anomaly moving throughout this building. But at one mm. point, we saw, I saw what looked like, in my best description, looked like Gollum from Lord of the Rings on what? all fours, crawling on the floor, face upturned, glowing eyes. And I jumped up. And look, I've done this a lot. I've seen a lot of weird stuff. And <laughs> I can... Yeah. I easily be startled, but not typically scared. And I jumped up and I'm trying to get the words out of my mouth. Holy shit, there's something crawling towards us. But as I jump up and I start to utter this these words, um, Mally, who is next to me, jumps up at the exact same time and says, holy shit, there's something crawling towards us. We finish uh, each other's sentences. Whoa, whoa. Independent confirmation. And there were some other people in the room that did not see this thing, but throughout this night had seen other things. The the shadow play. There was mm -hmm. another time. At the, I mean, that was the that was a peak, and well, I don't know what the hell it, that did was. It, did it just vanish? It didn't obviously reach <clears throat> make no. it all the, uh, all the way to you guys. It's and this is the tricky thing with this kind of phenomena, right? It's like you, you blink and you miss it. It's gone. It was in the moment mm -hmm. that we jumped up and we're finishing each other's sentences. It either dissipated or whatever. Now, this place is not known... Look, uh, people will typically say, well, is it demonic? Is it the site of occult activity? And and who knows? But I don't jump to that thing. I think there's a lot of weird things out there that are not fit within the category of demonic or occult or whatever. I think there's just weird shit on the in-between, you know, the, the other mm -hmm. stuff out there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. I can say from some other things that happened in that night, such as like... At one point, this woman that I know comes up the steps and she's just checking in like, Are you guys OK? Just checking in, saying hi. And um, and there was this sort of this massive shadow that had formed behind her. And to me, it looked like if you remember the the original poster one sheet for Phantom Menace, where it's young Anakin Skywalker and it's the giant shadow of Darth Vader. Oh, I know this him. very well, Aaron. Of course <laughs> I, I know. I figured you might. Michael, it's a reference that's to your answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's little Annie a, casting a shadow that looks yes. like Vader so, against the tattooing wall. Which we yeah. could also talk about Ahsoka. But uh, the it, behind this woman, so small, kind of normal, small frame, five, six or whatever. Behind her, there was this large form, shadow form, that looked bell-shaped into my brain. You know, the way I interpreted the visual reference was sort of like Darth Vader. It was very large. It was kind of billowy. And it felt like there was this, again, I don't want to say evil, but not a nice feeling associated with it. And in my mind, my my, I was like, this thing is going to pull her down these steps because she was at the top of these steps. And I said mm -hmm. to her, I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, everything's good. Come in the room. She's like, well, why? I'm like, oh, no, no, just, you know, come a little bit closer. She's <laughs> like, no, I'm just checking in on you guys. I got to go. I'm like, no, no, you know, come come on in and hang out with us. No, why? No, why? 
and I'm just overwhelmed with this feeling that something's about to pull her down the steps. And someone oh else God. in the room says, because there's an FN thing behind you that's going to pull you down the steps. <laughs> no Independent way. confirmation. Oh so this time this when crazy. I went back to this location, it it was very brief. I didn't have the same amount of time. It was weird and there was, was vibes. But I will be going back into Virginia City as actually part of a paranormal event in November. And I'm going back to this place because uh, I'm, I'm like a dog with a bone on this thing right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. You need a great photo of that sucker. I, 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 I've, so there's a, I've captured a photo a long time ago of something weird that was not the same thing, but almost feels like it's a cousin, you know, mm. like a, in, in the neighborhood. But this thing, I don't know what it was. This little guy on the golem on the floor. I don't know what it was, but I, I just think. Sounds, sounds like a Toronto tunnel monster to me. Right, boys. I, <laughs> it does actually. Definitely. Yeah, good reference. So, yeah, I like Toronto that reference. Monster, or going back to the mine, kind of like those guys from the Descent, the movie The yeah. Descent, and I like. Mm-hmm. Yes, terrifying. But I, I think it just speaks to this thing that like people traditionally have been caught in this like very strict notion of like what the paranormal is, and it's like again, ghosts, Bigfoot, uh, aliens. And then we started expanding and the paradigm started shifting a little bit. And I feel like people are willing to embrace other things. And I think there's just a lot of stuff that operates in the folds, the other stuff. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense. If it's a sliding scale, you're not, I mean, you know, to put it in Sith terms, there's like the Sith Lords and then there's like the Inquisitors and then, you know, there are the Night Sisters. There's like a whole, there are all these different classes of, uh, of entities that they could be. What was this photo that you took that you had something similar? That was at St. Augustine, Florida. Um, actually, before I think I was even doing the paranormal gig, I um, my I did my undergrad at a college called Flagler College down there. Small little school and a notoriously haunted lighthouse down there. And I was in the lighthouse and I captured a picture that Almost looks somewhat like a little girl, and yet not. It's Ooh. it's very grainy because it was you know like a long time ago. Um, we're talking <laughs> about like two thousand ish. We expect and, our good ghost photos to be a little grainy. Yeah, no right. Yeah, See, yeah. all of the photos. Your Bigfoot has yeah. to be a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, um, good. But it was it was something that looked like this girl but not quite and there was this weird reddish glow to her and she also had this kind of funky looking head and glowing eyes um and that was something that i didn't know what it was didn't understand it didn't intend to take that her i didn't see her with my eyes it was just what my device picked up but this was a little bit more uh yeah a little bit more freaky especially since i did see it with my naked eyes and someone else saw it at the same moment two two questions one is this photo still accessible is this something you can send us and maybe we can share on our instagram uh and two i don't want to freak you out aaron but have you ever uh asked yourself if these entities whatever they are maybe following you around and it's not location specific I think that's a good question, and I do think there's the potential for things like that to kind of follow you around, but I also think that, look, when you travel, 
enough, kind of literally and figuratively, when you're on an exploration and you're looking for these things, when you start really tuning in, you're going to start perhaps finding weird shit out there. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I, I sleep pretty easy at night. I'm not someone that's freaked out by the potential of what's out there. I'm exhilarated, if anything. And I, it, it's also exciting because like it expands the entire universe to us. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, there might be some scary stuff out there. Might There might be a whole realm full of Cenobites, right? But it still is interesting to think about that there's yeah. all of these folds and in-betweens and dimensions and stuff out there. And what if they just kind of bleed through it? It's, it's even like from the fiction standpoint, I'm of the perspective that artists, writers, you know, these these kind of madmen with pens and and ink sometimes tap into the weirdness of like course. a Clyde Barker, like a Neil Gaiman will tap into mm. these stuff without even consciously knowing it They're They might be bringing truth to their work. Hmm. Man, my my first hit of the paranormal was like little ghost girls at the at the lighthouse, <laughs> like in, in, in books at the school library or at the bookmobile. You'd open up that ghost book and be like, "Oh, oh, yeah. they got a ghost! What the fuck is that?" And then uh, and then the next thing you know, you're renting books on Bigfoot and and uh, Loch Ness monster, and <laughs> and you've just uh, you've just carved out the next twenty five years of your life. Yeah. How how old were you when you did that, Bryce? Like, what was the first hit? Oh, that was gotta be, you know, probably like third or fourth grade. I was interested. I wanted to see those ghost books in the library. I was like, let me see those things. And then, you know, you, you, a couple good pictures. Walked of in like, with his sunglasses, plopped an apple like, down on the librarian's <laughs> desk. Yo, so, yeah, I want to see those things. Let me see those ghost books. <laughs> I think I told you guys uh, one of the other times I was on about how looking for, I was raised Catholic and going to the Catholic school library as, a second grader asking about like uh spooky stuff i'm like what's yeah yo, for like, sure yo librarian because that's how i talked i'm sure when i was in second grade yo librarian <laughs> what's uh what's up with the uh the witches and right, i'm sure right. she's like here's sabrina uh, you know the or the the littlest witch from you know the the golden book uh collection and i'm like no the real shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> like expecting stuff. even at second grade, expecting her to pull back like all right. uh, shelf, and then like, well, right. here's the, the the books bound in human flesh. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, takes you to the locked like, section. It's but sometimes like, isn't it? Do you ever guys find yourself like talking to people from your past that you still speak with that you're like, so was I? I was into that stuff at that point, right? I was the weird little kid at that point, right? Because mm. now it's like, you know, when the going gets weird, you know, the weird goes pro, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't need to ask anybody I know that I was. And uh, I had a couple of people that were that right there with me. What about that photo, mm. though? Where's this photo of this lighthouse girl? Do you still have it in your collection? <clears throat> I, can, I don't, I can't, we can't show it on the instagram but um i can try to find it and show you guys uh real quickly but uh but ask me another question while i'm just like zooming through this real quick i'm interested in like it's like you kind of keep circling around this idea of the sort of like it's almost like a paranormal multiverse kind of thing and Mm. i'm just sort of wondering what your sort of overarching perspective on hold on now we're pausing to look at this photo that none of you get to see 
Whoa. Oh, God. Whoa. Yeah. That's that, spooky. Whoa. Yeah. That so stopped, stopped my question in my tracks. That's a very shadowy entity with yellow glowy eyes. Yeah. And then For like reals. this weird. Oh, I don't like that layer. at all. But no. Yeah. No. So I don't know what I don't know what it is, but strange. Wow. But uh sorry, Riley, go on. No, <laughs> never apologize for a spooky lighthouse ghost girl. Um, yeah, just like I'm curious about your sort of overarching uh, theory of the paranormal, where you're at these days right now. And I, I kind of like what you've been crafting with this, this sort of, uh, to me, it sounds like a multiverse kind of idea, but I'm wondering what, how yeah, you and these homegrown it? folklore, uh, you know, yeah, there seems to be something there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that a lot of times it's all connected. That what we call a, a vampire is an alien by another definition is, you know, a it, it's like these these things that just when you remove the labels and just talk about the descriptions, every culture has some version of it. And that makes me think there's some validity to this. And I most certainly think, I actually think right now we're in a space and, you know, I, I, I think Post-COVID, we're entering into this neo-neo-spiritualism where people are mm, fascinated sure. by what's out there, but it's disassociated from organized religion and and separated from a strict, like, you know, heaven, hell, ghost, uh, ghost as in, like, this person that's passed on and continues to linger in spirit form. I think we're now this neo-neo-spiritualism moves into the territory of, like, Bring it on. Let's get weird, you know, as in mm. elementals, as in a variety of cryptids, as in interdimensional things, as in the word ghost itself being quite limiting because is it a human that continues to stick around? Maybe. Is it a time slip? Maybe. Is it simply in a footprint or an echo? Maybe. You know, another dimension entirely? Maybe. So I think like, People are kind of willing to go there with the weirdness, and I'm right there with them. I I don't know what's up, but I think it's kind of bigger and weirder than we have been kind of labeling it. And um, mm. a, and then I think there's an interesting confluence when you then start talking about this stuff, and then you start interacting with people that think similarly, you know, like you guys, like John Tenney, like Mike Ricksecker, like, you know, people that are like Ronnie LeBlanc, who has like mm -hmm. all these different ideas. And you're like, okay, we're all freaking weird, but we're kind of being weird together. So maybe that means we're onto something. Hmm. That's what right. I like to think. So like you, you, you think there's a, an observer reinforced phenomenon kind of thing? Like the more that people are opening to it, the more that it reveals itself kind of, kind of a uh, thing. I think that's a good question. I think, um, potentially I think we're looking, I mean, not to get, I know people don't really like the term woo woo, but not to get too like <laughs> woo woo. I think a lot of people feel like there's some sort of paradigm shift taking place. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I think, I hope it's for the better. I hope that we're kind of mm -hmm. going through these, uh, growing pains as a people. And there's the last gasp of dinosaurs on one end who just want to keep things the same way. And, mm -hmm. and that's going to be a very angry last gasp. 
But maybe once that kind of passes, we'll enter into a phase of like curiosity about, uh, you know, more of what's out there. And who knows what else will happen? I do think there's also something to be said about like, I, I know you guys had uh, like the, the new Kirks on recently and, and I love them. And I think there's something to be said about tulpas, egregores, about thought forms, about us bringing some of this stuff into reality through our own energy and manifestations and all that. I also think sometimes like, what if there's, there's a little buggers out there moving around on the fringes that are like, "Eh, I want to present myself in some form. Uh, this guy's been thinking a lot about Santa Claus. So I'm going to show up as freaking Santa Claus. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Could be kind of feeds off that, uh, user, the user for some sort of, psychic manifestation into the physical realm um possibly yeah. the the visual well, reference guide yeah love it aaron we play a game with all of our guests we've played it with you in the past and we're gonna do it again zombie bigfoot cryptic crypt style i'm gonna go down a list of phenomenon if you're open to it you're gonna say believe it if you're not open to it you're gonna say bullshit you have to choose one or another at this moment in time this is a game Done. we love to call bullshit or believe it all right aaron on your mark get set ghosts believe it ish believe it bigfoot (laughs) believe it ufos i mean believe it asterisks vampires (laughs) yeah believe it Werewolves. Believe it. Witches. I mean, believe it. It's a shapeshifter. It's, it's a belief system. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, believe it. Chupacabras. Sure, believe it. Zombies. <laughs> I mean, Haitian or Romero? Uh, um, <laughs> your interpretation of the word. Of um, the dealer's choice. <laughs> yeah. Believe it. Levitation. Oh, I've seen it. Believe it. The mummy's curse. I mean, like the uh, the Stephen Summers movie, <laughs> or, or are we going to Karloff? Uh, um, King Tut, maybe. Uh, uh, I mean, as far as curse white people invading other people's tombs and stealing shit, yeah, I believe that's probably yeah, fucking cursed. Seances. <laughs> I do believe people hold seances. Tarot cards. Diplomatic. I do believe tarot cards exist. Crystal balls. I've seen those. I believe them. It's turning into a deposition. Psychic premonitions. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Believe it. The power of Ouija boards. Uh, well, I was so glad you asked, Michael, because I do sell a tiki Ouija board. <laughs> no, <laughs> way, no plugs really? during yeah. bullshit or believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe they're a great value and high quality. I know a few wow. takers. Um, I do believe is, I'm going to shut one. this down right now. You can save those <laughs> I, for the end I, of the show, I, sir. I believe, yeah, I've, I've actually seen some really impressive stuff with the Ouija board. So, yes, believe there's something going on there. Shadow Man. I've seen him believe that something is going on haunted objects Um, yeah yeah believe it demonic possession 
God, you you're forcing me to get so academic here. Uh, I mean, considering <laughs> the notion simple, of demonic physics, it goes back. Simple game. You know. It's a simple game, Aaron. Yes, yes, believe it. And finally, haunted houses, the amusement park variety. Oh, uh, well, I did just go to Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando, and I do believe that. Great. Oh, I mean, some people don't well like done. them. So there you go. All right. Well, tell well me about done, this Aaron. levitating person you saw. Yeah, yeah, got to go there. No, yeah, it was it was years ago, but I did see someone that was did appear to be levitating. It was during a séance as it happened, and did appear oh, wow. to be levitating. There was also like um, some footage that I did not film that I thought was pretty compelling of a, of a levitation. I think weird stuff happens all around if we're actually paying Ooh. attention to it and open to it. Yeah, how that's how high are we talking here, levitation-wise? Sorry, yeah. Bryce. Sorry, Bryce. How high are we talking it, here, like a With foot? what I personally witnessed, it only yeah. looked like a like a couple inches. It looked, it okay. looked low. That's all it takes. I mean, Listen, that'll do. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've got to explore that, Mike. That's what I was going to say. That's on my list of uh, possible high strangenesses, because there's a few cases of uh, of people who have been reported to, to levitate. I think there's even one from uh, the uh, the Bible, and there's a few friars who have reportedly levitated, and, and there's some good Bible. case studies out there. We're going yeah. out. You can't pull well, well, strangers from the Bible. I, 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 I got to do the, the research original first, paranormal record. I know there yeah, was yeah. enough meat on the bone. I know there was enough meat on the bone. Oh, I'm sure about that. Of, about levitate, levitate. And I, you know what? If there's not, you'll find some meat anyway. I'll find some meat anyway. That's right. Well, Russ will find the meat. Can I can I give a little bit of like the the parenthetical to believe it or bullshit for me? Yeah. Yes, please. It's more like belief is such a strong word because I don't know what I believe. I right. but I know what I'm open to and I know what I've experienced, but even that isn't necessarily belief. So I'm pretty much open to everything, but I don't know what I believe. Uh, yeah. And I'm kind of an ad hoc bullshit as far Ooh. as I'm, I, I believe there's stuff that happens, but I also think people are uh, full of shit a lot of times. Yeah, you know? for sure. So that's my parenthetical to it. It's just that bullshit or open to it doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah. And it's the idea of like, okay, I got to decide here and now. You know what I mean? If you had a, if you had to just decide on the spot, where would you fall? Right. You know, no, which I, side of the fence do you fall on? And and I like the game. And I also, look, I mean, I'm, I'm someone that, you know, who knows? AI might take over the world or whatever tomorrow. So this is, a, this is the same reason I'm very polite to my smart devices you know, I don't know oh, yeah. if it's going to happen, but I'm just hedging bets a little bit. So I'll just say, I, I mind my please and thank you. I yeah. do on, my, J, I, on yeah. my AI generations. I, I'm like, oh, thank you. That was a really great answer. I appreciate all you're doing for me. Thank Already you. Already kissing, kissing your, kissing, kissing the ass yeah, the, the of the robot coming yeah. 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 of the robot overlords. Yeah, sometimes yes, I mean. I live alone. Like, Not so, like me, more advanced. Sometimes I just say, "Hey, Alexa." <laughs> You're good, and I'll yeah. just like just a, good, a check in, just say hey, you know, you're doing a good job over there. I'll well, be watching thank you, you Aaron. Aaron. Thank you. I mean, all right, you will be spared. 
Well, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness, and I want to remind all our club scouts they should follow us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club for any visual aids that might be up there this week, and on Threads, and uh, check us out at BCC Pod on TikTok, and uh, share your own personal paranormal history and your own stories of high strangeness by writing into us at Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com, and they might be talked about and read on a future Elf files episode okay gentlemen let's get into it it's time to venture into the graveyard once again and open zombie bigfoot's cryptid crypt it's time for our first terrifying tale of high strangeness and i'm kicking things off with a bang i'm not fucking around so be warned get out the holy water and bless your listening device be nice to siri it's time to talk about the story that inspired one of the scariest movies of all time the exorcist this is the real life story of the exorcism of roland doe now gentlemen did you know that the exorcist was based on a true story yeah, everybody knows that, right? I think well, some people listening at home may not. It it was one of those things that I yeah, it's like I was like, oh yeah, this is this is based on something that actually happened, right? But I've never known the uh, the actual story. I yeah, that either. opening shot with the fog and the father, and then it's like based on a true story. You're just like, oh, right, this is going to get so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out it wasn't a little girl, and there was no pea soup vomit involved. Um, I had always heard that the story had been based on an exorcism that took place in Africa, but it was actually uh, partially in the Washington, D.C. area where the film is based, and then in uh, St. Louis. St. Louis had a big uh, role in this, and it involves a lot of Jesuit priests whose huh. names you don't need to remember, uh, listeners, so don't worry about that. There will be uh, no quiz, but... William Peter Blatty, author of The Exorcism, both the book and the screenplay for which he won an Academy Award, uh, the, 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 film, the film that the book was based on, had been partially inspired by a case that he'd heard about while attending Georgetown University. Georgetown was a Catholic and Jesuit school, and one of his professors, Eugene Gallagher, told Blatty about a demonic possession case from the late 1940s involving a 13-year-old boy called Roland Doe. Roland Doe was not the boy's real name. His identity was protected due to him being a minor. In the Catholic documents about the case, he's referred to as Roland Doe, and in the Jesuit documentation, he was referred to as Robbie Manaheim. His true identity wouldn't be revealed until decades later, which we will get to. The nightmare began in January of 1949 in Cottage City, Maryland, not far from Georgetown. Roland Doe was an only child living with his mother and father. In January of 1949, the family was grieving the recent death of Roland's mother's sister, Harriet. Aunt Harriet was a cool lady from St. Louis who was into spiritualism and taught Roland how to communicate with spirits on the other side using a spirit board, or what we commonly refer to these days as an Ouija board. Now, it's a... Uh, That's why com- I don't fuck with those. <laughs> it, <laughs> Sorry, Unless I was late on that. But I was on miking, but, but that's why I don't fuck with those. <laughs> it's a commonly held theory that Roland's amateur dabbling with the spirit world via his aunt's 
a Ouija board is what ultimately led to his possession. Uh, Now, we don't know for sure, but when paranormal activity began happening in the Doe household in the early weeks of 1949, the family thought they were possibly being visited by the ghost of Aunt Harriet. The first sign of an unexpected presence in the house manifested in the form of scratching sounds coming from within the walls and the floors of the house. Mm. Roland's father called an exterminator, but there was no evidence of any rodent infestation. The scratching sounds continued and were soon accompanied by the sounds of phantom dripping. Roland's behavior began to change over the following weeks. At night, he became irritable and restless. Most disturbingly, the parents began to witness Roland's bed vibrate and rattle violently. Fearing they were no longer dealing with a friendly family ghost, Roland's parents took him to see a doctor and a psychologist to see if there was anything wrong with the boy physically. But they found no symptoms of diseases like epilepsy or any mental illness. And eventually, the family turned towards their Lutheran minister for help, one Reverend Schultz. Schultz was very interested in the paranormal, and he suggested that it was possible that what they were dealing with could be a poltergeist. Upon observing Roland, however, he witnessed a boy being thrown from chairs and shook by the bed. He could see the floors were scratched by furniture being dragged around the boy's bedroom, and a portrait of Christ hanging on the wall shook whenever Roland was nearby. Schultz quickly realized that the boy was far worse off than he had imagined. He recommended his parents speak to the Catholic Church about possible demonic possession, because to paraphrase Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, demons are our speciality. (laughs) The family brought Roland to Father Albert Hughes, who gave them some holy water and some free candles and sent them on their way. On February 24th, (laughs) scratches began to spontaneously appear on Roland's body. Never bring candles to a demon fight. Following the scratches, Roland was hospitalized. Father Hughes, apparently making an abrupt U-turn, was granted permission to perform an exorcism. During the week-long attempt to free Roland, Father Hughes was attacked when the child, who was in restraints, broke free, ripped a spring from the mattress, and sliced him from shoulder to wrist, which sent uh, Father Hughes to the hospital. It was also during this first attempt that words in the form of scratches spontaneously began appearing on the boy's skin. In one instance, the word Lewis formed. Roland's mother, who had already begun considering consi- who had already begun considering taking the child away from Maryland, took this as a sign to take him back with her to St. Louis, where Aunt Harriet had once lived. Roland's mother, upon seeing this revelation, asked when they should leave for St. Louis. The word Saturday appeared on Roland's hip. No way. When really? asked how Not. long they should stay there, the phrase Three and a half weeks burst open across Roland's chest. <laughs> Mom, like, stop have, asking have, so many God, questions. Do you have the cross streets? What are the cross yes. streets? <laughs> 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 
Unfortunately, it says draw here you that, a map. that it, they spelled out three and a half with just the numbers. Thankfully, it wasn't right. three and a half in oh, full letters. Yeah. But they said that these scratches, you didn't see them like get scratched like the way you would scrawl chalk across the chalkboard. The words would just open up, like the full phrase would just Trippy. appear at, at once. So it, really wild stuff. While staying with relatives in St. Louis, Roland's behavior became even worse. So the exorcism in uh, Maryland did not work. During the day, he was a normal kid, but at night, whatever condition had a hold of him would take over and he'd spend the night ranting and raving, flinging himself into temper tantrums, sometimes speaking in an otherworldly voice. His furniture would be thrown spontaneously around the room, and in the mornings he'd awake with very little recollection of what had had transpired in the night before. The owner of the home sent for priests of the Jesuit church. She had some family friends, and we don't know exactly who, which family member this is, but um, I'm assuming it's another cousin or, or sister. From March 11th to March 15th, the boy was observed by Fathers Raymond Bishop and William Bodern, who witnessed a scratching in the violent bed rattling, all seemingly performed beyond Roland's capabilities. So they were all convinced this wasn't something the kid was doing, he wasn't putting on a show, that this was like something that was really happening. They, along with Walter Halloran, were granted permission by the Archbishop of St. Louis to perform the ancient Roman ritual of exorcism on Roland. It was not something commonly performed in the 20th century. These guys got old school on this demon's ass. And according to author Thomas B. Allen, who based his book Possessed, the true story of an exorcism on excerpts of Father Bishop's diaries... Father Halloran said the first thing Bordurn did was hit the books. He would have learned something about it while becoming a Jesuit. But there isn't much call for exorcism to the modern-day priest. But Bordurn was a veteran of World War II. He'd been in combat, so he was a combination of a religious man who was very tough. Yeah, we're sticking some soldiers on this demon. Let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone, by the way, everyone in this story is just dealing with generational trauma and like the trauma of World War II. It's these yeah. are heavy times. The exorcism began on March 16th, 1949 and lasted over a month. During this period, Roland was moved between Alexian Brothers Hospital, his relative's home, and the church college rectory. On March 23rd, the first night in the rectory, things got off to a rocky start when Roland broke Father Halloran's nose. Don't punch. Do not punch a <laughs> World War II vet in the face, okay? You're not going to like what he does Soldier to you in priest. return. <laughs> yeah. The exorcism was a long, arduous, and grueling process. The Jesuit priest witnessed Roland screaming, cursing, and speaking Latin. A large red X was scratched into Roland's chest at one, at one point. Another scratch, a pitchfork-like pattern, formed on his leg and spread all the way down to his ankle. Objects would mysteriously fly through the room. Multiple witnesses all saw these. These were all recorded in the priest's libraries. Or, sorry, and, and their diaries. On April 1st, Hoping to ease the process, they converted Roland to Catholicism. 
On April 2nd, he was given his first Holy Communion. However, the possession still had a hold of the boy and continued for two more weeks. On April 17th, Easter Sunday, Roland screamed at the priests that Satan had possession over his body and would never let go. The Jesuit priests covered Roland in holy relics as they fought bitterly to save his soul. At 10.45 p.m., they called upon the Archangel Michael to save the child. And then, on the morning of April 18th, after what was a very long night, Roland seemed to wake from his trance and claimed that he saw a vision of the Archangel Michael casting Satan out of his body. The Jesuits' efforts had finally worked, and Roland had seemingly returned to normal. On April 20th, the Washington Post ran an article about the exorcism written by reporter Bill Brinkley titled, Priest Frees Mount Rainier Boy Reported Held in Devil's Grip. And that's how the story got out. And one of the earliest people to start leaking this story was Reverend Schultz, the family's Lutheran minister back in uh, Cottage City, Maryland. So this story got out there pretty fast. And I will say, as a sidebar, it's pretty good advertising for the Jesuit, for the Jesuit Brotherhood that they can right. take care of the devil. Uh, for decades, even though the publication, even through the publication and eventual film production and release of The Exorcist, Roland's true identity remained a secret. It was only last year, in 2022, that Roland's real name became public. Roland really? Doe was really Whoa. Ronald Edwin Hunkeler who died at 86 years of age in 2021. After his exorcism, he had gone on to live a relatively normal life. In fact, he grew up to be a NASA engineer who worked on the Apollo missions and retired uh, from NASA in 2001. So he spent a long time with NASA, which I'm sure will freak out some of the people who are into those dark NASA conspiracy theories. Right. According to an unidentified (laughs) close source. Yeah. Uh. Roland was always worried that his colleagues at NASA would find out that he was the inspiration for the kid and the exorcist and carried his story with him his whole life in secret, even vacating the house every Halloween in fear that someone would come out of the dark and reveal his true identity to the world. (laughs) Hopefully, in death and in heaven, Roland finally found peace. And that is the story of the exorcism of Roland Doe, a.k.a. Ronald Edwin, Edwin Hunkler. <laughs> I love the wow. idea of him, like, overplaying his hand of anonymity. He's like, that kid in Exorcist, huh? How fucked up is that kid? <laughs> yeah. Right? That kid, right? <laughs> Fucking uh, crazy. Anyways, let's go to the moon. Ronald, let's why go do to the you moon, keep huh? bringing up the Exorcist? We have two men we are trying to land on the moon right now. Stop yeah, talking sorry, about this movie. I just movie. hate that kid from that movie. Oh. Wait, Aaron, am I allowed to uh, land on this? Yeah, yeah oh, I was about please. to say, what the hell was that? What do you think about this tape. story? I'm, I'm freaking out. So I know this story pretty well. Um, and a couple of things that spring out at me is like, so the Ouija board thing, I must say, like, Ouija boards, <laughs> they're a spiritualist device and they go back a long time. It was not until really the Exorcist movie that they became the boogeyman of the paranormal. We talked about that in our Ouija board episode, as a matter of fact. So Mm, I feel like we need to lay off Ouija boards. And I mean, I can also promote my Tiki Ouija board that I sell. No, 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 no. No, But but what it it was just kind of mind-blowing. It just kind of pieces fell in at the moment. So 
NASA conspiracy theories, uh, exorcist boy that goes on to be a NASA engineer working on the Apollo missions, uh-huh. tie it back to Kubrick and room uh, 237, that documentary, mm-hmm. a movie and a book by Stephen King featuring a character named Dick Halloran, which oh, is the wow. same name as the priest who was performing some of the final exorcism rites on uh, Roland Doe. I don't know. Aaron, Aaron, Whoa. you get the red string award wow. of the episode. The well done. Yes. Connecting like all Charlie of these Day things. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Why yeah. The <laughs> that's why you're here. That's why you're here. I mean, Whoa. this is a, so I, I've never really given much credence to the exorcism stuff. Like I always just felt like this is, th- these are all kids or people that are dealing with other things that are probably not demons. But I was surprised when hearing this story about like the words appearing and yeah. you know, that some of the stuff was like in the poltergeist activity that some of the stuff, and there were multiple, again, multiple witnesses. A lot of the stuff came from diaries that the priests wrote at the time. There's even a guy who was an assistant. He was a driver to Halloran and he was like, Halloran pulled up to the house. He's like, by the way, we're doing an exorcism tonight and I need you to come in and hold the boy just in case this shit goes down. And he was like, wait a minute, what? I'm just, I'm not <laughs> like, he was like, he was a brother in in the in the Society of Jesus in the Jesuit Church, but he was like he didn't know until they got there that they were going to even be doing an exorcism. So there's obviously this is a truncated version of the story, but there was a lot. There seems to be a lot there that lends itself to to the idea that there was some real paranormal activity happening with this case. Unless all of this is just orchestrated as an advertisement for the Catholic Church, which you know um, is possible too. I don't know, but. It was a great recruitment tool. It was a great recruitment tool. But, you know, but maybe there's something to it. But the notion of exorcism and demons goes back long before Judeo-Christian beliefs. And, you know, we're Mm. talking about Babylonian era. And when when the idea of demons was like more like the mafia, that they're going to take care of you. And they're, you know, not so bad. They're going to help you with your crops and make your baby healthy and everything. But if you piss them off, it's not so good. Right. You know, (laughs) but... I'm I'm more taken by the the worst like travel website ever in the form of like skin <laughs> bursting on that and like where should I go for recommendation yeah. uh, where where should I it's like Hexpedia over here <laughs> yeah he what? also went on he also went on to create the magic eight ball just just <laughs> to have a way for demons to communicate with people that wasn't his stomach well I th- I think we need to point out too like it's one thing to like you know over exaggerate in your writings or your journalings about uh, about something that happened but these guys are writing like about supernatural stuff here you know what i mean and they're not being coy about it they're like bed shook we were receiving writing across his body just you know stuff that isn't natural you know so uh, i mean it's like a truly fantastical account yeah it's like, this is like all of the things right you know, with furniture's flying around and words are appearing in flesh and it's just like it is it, it becomes it's like so much that it's hard to be like did this really happen? yeah 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 like, that's kind of where it leaves but i also me. like but the idea of like they also had to learn up on their exes like oh wait i'm gonna do the old school roman ritual of exorcism which had to have oh, I mean, to aaron's yeah, point had story. to have pagan root you know roots oh, to for that sure. as All well that those yeah those rituals course. had to date long you know 
must go back to the ancient Roman Empire long before uh, you know Christianity took hold of the of of Rome. So it's just kind of like wild how they're like we got to pull out the the you know the big guns for this one, and we don't know really what we're doing. You know, it seems like they, it took so long to like they really didn't know what they were doing. There's a yeah. there's an early treatise about, and I forget who precisely wrote it, but it was a guy basically wrestling with pagan deities and he wasn't saying that they didn't exist and that the elder like the old gods didn't exist pagan gods didn't exist instead he was saying all those pagan gods they exist but they're also demons and they was it's one of the earliest writings about exorcisms and as it was connecting to the catholic churches as it was kind of forming what their ideology would be with regards to it um the uh I'll, i'll do a shout out uh joseph Laycock, I believe the religious studies author wrote a lot of that, but like the, the book of exorcisms, he kind of referenced this, but so in the early days they were actually saying, look, all this elder shit is real, but we're wrestling with it in the scope of heaven, hell, Jesus, Satan, and all of that good stuff. And how do we kind of deal with that when we're talking about exorcisms? It's done. Yeah. It's nights like these when I hate that I can see behind me in the in the uh, chat window because <laughs> I I'm getting scared that something's gonna pop up over my shoulder right now. I don't, don't like Pazuzu, and he just wants to give you a hug. <laughs> okay, oh, hugs from Pazuzu. No, thank you, uh, Aaron. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, please tell everyone where they can get your Ouija board and any other projects and or anything else you're working on. Uh, where can people find you? At last, the shameless plug portion. Uh, <laughs> primarily, I will say thanks, guys, for having me on. It's always uh, just such a blast chatting with you. Uh, check out my podcast and live stream show, Talking Strange, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We do a lot of chats with um, actors as well as researchers, authors, and people on the paranormal TV realm. Um, and so that, that keeps the lights on on the daily I would say check out Paranormal Con on Camera on Travel Channel, Discovery Plus, and Max, which is not a porn streaming service. That's what HBO Max used to be. <laughs> and 28 Days Haunted on Netflix. And then, yes, I do sell various merch and spooky stuff at SpookyNerdShop.com. And then just hit me up on social media at Aaron Sagers if you've checked out uh, this episode and say hi, because I love connecting with the new folks out there. Awesome. That's great. Right. Well, on. thanks so much for being here. And uh, we'll talk more strange stuff very soon with you. I'm thanks, sure. Aaron. Thanks, Cheers. Aaron. I look forward to it. Thank you, guys. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> we want to give a big thanks to Aaron Sagers and a big thanks to you, the listeners, especially our friends who recently joined us on BCC The Other Side. It's time for Patreon shoutouts, which Woo-hoo. during Zombie Bigfoot's Crypt to Crypt month, we're going to call 10 Freaky Friends. Ooh. All right, here we go. Here are our 10 Freaky Friends of the Week. Nathan J. Murphy. Thank you, Nathan. Max Morshead. I think that- that's Mother's Head, Max. I'm sorry if I messed that up. <laughs> Mor- Mor- you know what? Thanks, Max. Thanks. Chad Princeton. Thanks, Chad. Kevin Lucas. Thank you, Kevin. Michelle Spitzer. Thanks, Michelle. Nathan Moss, Cosmeteer. Thank you, Nathan. Welcome. Stephanie Trammell. Thanks, Stephanie. Janelle Headley. Thanks, Janelle. Gordon Steinberg. 
Thank you, Gordon. And Michael's favorite name of the week, Daniel Sink. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> you too could be a future freaky friend when you join patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club to get total access to three bonus episodes every month, merch discounts, the BCC Discord, and more. You can also upgrade to the Cosmeteer membership to unlock three bonus music tracks exclusive from super producer Riley every month. So check it out. Mm -hmm. uh, as for me, follow me on uh, Instagram at McMills. We're still on the striking here. So I got nothing else I can really plug. So uh, check that out. <laughs> Well, I got something for you. If you've been enjoying Expedition Bigfoot Season 4 Alaska, enjoy more. I know we had a bye week, but we're back October 12th uh, with a brand new Expedition Bigfoot. Uh, so tune in only oh, on the Discovery Channel. Hell yeah. And uh, we are covering all season, uh, the, the whole season of season four uh, in two parts over on BCC The Other Side. So if you're a big fan, come yeah, over and check that out. you are not going to want to miss that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Big fan I of Expedition say, Bigfoot, come over to the Patreon. I've been I've been binging it today. I think I watched three episodes of it. So I was oh, just great. really okay, getting, great. In the, getting in the zone before Woo. the episode. Yeah. And it's my favorite season so far. I love I, it. I, it's, love that. It's awesome. Yeah, Great. and oh, Alaska so is just such a perfect setting, and just even just the scenic shots the, and everything—it's just you the guys added are in my element. Prime form. And we'll talk about this on the other side, or we have, but the added element of the bears of just bears. <laughs> also, like bears. you might run into bears that'll eat you. Yeah, bears and right, wolves right. is really fun. Yeah, like dude, the danger I'm game is really fan. upped this season. <laughs> yeah, uh, but That's yeah, other than that, I'm Peace Tron on Instagram, and uh, yeah, come on over to the other side. And you're you're touring too, so check out. Uh, oh yeah, tour I'm on tour too. Yeah. I'm on tour with Tommy. We're November. doing uh, West Coast run uh, with the Crane Wives, and uh, most of the shows are selling out. It's really uh, very exciting and uh, touching. I'm excited to go play these shows for you guys. Awesome. Go see Riley and Tommy. All right, well, we're crossing over to the other side to discuss a spooky ghost guarding buried treasure. If we don't see you there, we'll see you back here next Wednesday for an all-new episode of Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt. Until then, good night. And go get regressed. Whoa. I yelled at a hawk the other day trying to, trying to pray on this. Bigfoot Collectors Club is executive produced by Michael McMillan, Riley Bray, and Bryce Johnson. Our show is engineered, produced, and scored by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters. Follow them on Spotify. Want more BCC? For exclusive full-length episodes every month and total access to the other side, check out patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. 
Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.